if I don't live my life like my life is precious and I live it like my life only matters in how I'm serving others, then that's what I'm teaching them is that their life doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That their role as women is just to take care of the next generation and heaven help that if they have daughters because their daughters won't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, If I think that their life is valuable and precious just for exactly what it is and who they are in the world, regardless of whether they have children or what they do, then I have to believe those same things about myself and I have to live my life that way. Providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee this is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. Welcome to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton and I have Helen Hunt. <laughs> How often do you get people that are like, oh my God, it's Helen Hunt? I Yeah, it still happens regularly. I mean, people all the time when I'm like, well, do you know Helen Hunt? And they're like, not in Cookville. I'm like, no, but for real, like Helen. <laughs> for <Hunt>. real, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people still ask for my signature. I'm oh, like, sure. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess I probably should say Doctor Helen Hunt. That's true. Um, are you that kind that needs that? Ti- you want that title? I mean, not no judgment. No. Either way. So definitely with my students, it's mm-hmm. easier to be a Doctor Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also refuse to use someone else's title if they're not using mine. So yeah. like at. You know, when I'm in meetings and stuff, if I'm introduced as Helen, then yeah. you're Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Philip. Or Philip. <laughs> if that is the case. Yes. Or that. Yeah. Um, not, I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying random names. I don't mm-hmm. know anything. <laughs> we all know a Philip. Yeah. Um, so, Helen, Dr. Helen Hunt, you are an associate professor of English at Tennessee Tech University, and you're the director of the Women's Center. And that's a newer mm-hmm. type that, that, wasn't when you got hired in right yeah I started as the director of the women's center in 2020 and you have been at Tennessee Tech for how long now since 2016 that's when I started as a professor well I was an assistant professor then okay and so um you've kind of grown your career and and gotten involved with the women's center what made Mm -hmm. you want to get involved with the women's center well I was already doing one of the things that we do as professors is we're supposed to do service work at the university so I was already doing stuff that was really oriented around um kind of my primary concerns which are really about women's gender equity there's another body on campus called the commission on the status of women I was really involved in and and still am involved in and so that body is kind of in charge of making the interventions for policy and safety for women and gender minorities on campus so I was already working with them and I was working with the women and gender studies minor at Tech and then when the position opened to be the director of the women's center I really thought for a while about whether it was the right thing for me because I wasn't tenured yet <coughs> sorry excuse me and that's kind of you know if, when you're not tenured yet like if you don't get tenure you lose your job so I was kind of like am I going to be able to stay am I gonna if I take on this new responsibility am I going to be able to get the work done that I need to get done to make sure I can keep my job but then or then does it give me the gold star that makes me then want to keep me as you know get tenure because then I am also the director of the women's center if only that were how it works (laughs) (laughs) so one of the weird things about the way service roles work at the university is that it's they're not prestigious like the work that I do for the women's center kind of doesn't necessarily count towards my promotion like my next promotion and this actually is relevant to our topics today because one of the things about my job is that I juggle multiple responsibilities and need to work on long-term projects and it's the long-term like research projects that will really get me 
to where I can retain my job and get promoted. And the Women's Center stuff, I love. It's wonderful, but it doesn't help that and often can, in fact, interfere with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one of the things that can happen if we are looking at how women get promoted across the university and whether women can actually like move up in the ranks is we often get bogged down in mid-career with service roles more than men do and then um, don't make it up to the higher ranks. So those were all things I was thinking about when I was trying to decide whether or not to take on this position. Um, we're going to get right in, in, dig into that in just a second. Let yeah. me take a second and thank our partners. Thank you to all the partners that we've had on this podcast this year. Action Heating and Cooling, Sabrina Brazel, Jamie's Eats and Sweets, Plenty Downtown Bookshop, and the Tennessee Tech Women's Center. Without the great partnerships like these, we would not be able to do what we do. Thank you for listening and supporting Powered by Her as well as our listening audience out there. And thank you for all the people that have partnered, come to lunches, listen to a podcast, share a podcast um, as we kind of end the 2023 year this has been a big year for us we've expanded the podcast expanded our lunches and i'm just so thankful for all the partnerships that we've had so and thank you helen for being part of the women's center supporting what we're doing here it's my pleasure um so as a woman and and you kind of said you get bogged down in these service projects and these service positions that you're doing um is this a, a thing that we do to ourselves as women that we take on these extra projects? Or in academia, do you feel like this is something that's expected of you? I mean, I think for me personally, I, I choose to get involved in so many things and serve so much um, that can kind of weigh me down sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a personal choice. It's not pressure from my work necessarily. Do you feel like it's kind of who you are as a mom you have that nature to kind of want to serve or this is such an interesting question and I'm so glad you asked this because we actually know some stuff about this from sociological research um so one of the things is um I think it's kind of twofold some of it's internalized gender pressure um where women are kind of expected and also see value in doing these service positions and also if we can tend to be very oriented towards like helping people we also Mm -hmm. know that women are much more likely to be those ones who intervene in bystander situations than men are so part of it is like so one of the theories about why women are more likely to intervene is that we understand what it's like to be on the receiving end of bad treatment Mm -hmm. and so we're like motivated to try and then change that for ourselves and for others in ways that people who don't experience that bad treatment on a regular basis which is more likely to be men aren't Um, but then also part of it is just internalized gendered expectations from men who if you look at the governing structure of the university control a lot of the university and control like if you look at our board of trustees, you know, they're the ones ultimately who kind of control how money works at the university. And then if you look at the state um, government, who are also the ones who control how money works, it's very male dominated. And then there's also this kind of like larger issue of things that are seen as women's work, which is often care work and service work as seeing being seen as less valuable. So it's compensated less. And so there's all of these like complex cultural issues that go into kind of our individual choices that we make because like, so I think about myself and it's like, okay, I like enthusiastically say yes to too many things. Yeah. (laughs) 
because all of, of them are so exciting you yeah. know and I want to be able to do this and then you know I and then I end up just really drained so I'm trying to think about like prioritize organizing my life around protecting my rest and protecting my energy and like I literally have never considered doing that before so I think it's like you know part of my individual identity and my drive is about wanting to try and make a difference in the world and it's what gives my you know life and my work value um, it's also something that can be taken advantage of on a structural level that puts women in these roles that are less respected and compensated. Well, and I think when you want to serve, so I remember a few years ago, I was invited to a Habitat for Humanity Women's Build event. And so they were they were looking for team captains to do fundraising and then go and work on this, this women-specific build house that they were doing. And um, I said, well, I'll come to this you know, informational meeting, I'm not going to captain a team Mm -hmm. because I enthusiastically say yes to so many things. And this doesn't align with, with what I have purpose for in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this meeting and I was sitting there with a friend and she said, well, you could have a powered by her team. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hmm, you know, I had at that point, I had probably had 30, 40 guests on on the podcast by that point. And so I thought I could reach out to these 30 or 40 women who are all, you know, strong leaders, powerhouse women, and I could put together a team where we fundraise together. And we ended up, I kind of challenged them all and said, this is my fundraising goal. I had a fundraising goal of $1,090, 109 is my kind of number. And so I had that goal and I said, I don't expect everybody else to raise $1,000, but that would be great. And so the whole team, we ended up raising the most amount of money. But it was because I could align with something that I already had. I could see how it could help me promote Powered by Her. It Mm -hmm. could help me promote all these women. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to enthusiastically say yes, because I could make it align with what I was already doing Mm -hmm. and what I already had value in. And I think sometimes we think, well, I might want to do this, but I'm just not going to do it because it doesn't serve the purpose, which maybe you can marry some things in together and, and they can actually serve the purpose of what you have going on in your life sometimes. And I feel like maybe that's where the women taking on the director role with the women's center mm-hmm. kind of was for you. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well I'm doing, I'm teaching these women's studies classes. I'm doing research and looking into, to, you know, gender inequalities. The women's center just makes sense for mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I love how you're talking about this too in terms of like alignment with your values and to me I think that's kind of the first thing to think about when you're trying to think about like goal setting and like mm-hmm. five-year planning which, which is, is actually kind of what our, we're our, our topic, topic today, today. <laughs> is you want to know what your values are and this is kind of what I was talking about earlier it's like my values are shifting a little bit to where it's like rest and you know protecting my rest and energy is a new value that I'm trying to orient my behavior around and you know the best stuff there's just so many needs out there you know and we all have limited capacity so if I think about what the story you just told you looked at your resources you looked at your values and then you used that alignment to make a difference in something that like already mattered to you Mm -hmm. and that's like such a beautiful example of I think what we all wish we could do and yeah. like how things could work. I think that women get, and we've done a, an episode about burnout before. I had a couple therapists in here. 
And I think that um, I highly recommend, this is just the burnout season, right? Mm-hmm. November, December, and, and people in January are kind of like, I'm so exhausted, I can't do anything anymore. Like, mm-hmm. And they give up. They've almost like, I always think of burnout as like standing at the edge of a cliff and you've fallen over that cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think so often we think, oh, well, I've fallen off. And it doesn't necessarily need to be okay, I have to say no to everything now. Right. You can you can make those kind of calls of like, okay, can I see that this aligns with something or can I not see? And if you can't make it work, I mean, there's no no purpose of fitting a square peg in a round hole kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not going to fit. But if, if you can kind of turn, you know, um, a rhomb, a, a square, a sideways, and it's now a, a diamond shape, okay, then it fits and mm-hmm. it, it works well. Um, and so I think sometimes, so, so we were going to talk about goal setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a really good time of the year. This is where everybody kind of often people will pick words. I've picked words for years, my word of the year. I've, um, you know, kind of set some goals. Um, I've done some talks about smart goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and just all the ways that we as women want to kind of like take a second and realign our lives and, mm-hmm. and what we're doing. So, Oh, I love that. Thinking about realigning our lives. Yeah. Okay. So let well, me, and let me oh, just say yeah, as women, I think sometimes it's like, Oh, well a goal maybe feels like I'm not achieving what I, you know, it's mm-hmm. just sometimes goals can be overwhelming for people. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's just this another thing on my list. Mm-hmm. But I think if we have that mindset shift of, we're just realigning and we're kind of taking some time to make sure our life is in the direction of going in a direction. Mm -hmm. And we're not just, I use the analogy of treading water a lot. And Mm -hmm. I really don't like when I feel like I'm at a a point in life where I'm just treading water. I really want to be going somewhere and it doesn't mean that I need to be, you know, I don't even know what a fast swimmer is, but it doesn't mean that I need to be like, you know, a mile a minute I don't know Wait, that? Michael Phelps he's a fast swimmer yeah right? well, I, you don't need to swim like Michael mm-hmm. Phelps it just means that you're maybe going in a direction even if you're doggy paddling you're just doing something instead of just standing still in water yeah so this so when I think about goal setting and kind of the tensions that you're talking about right here I think they're really two things so I tend to look at five-year chunks and mm-hmm. there's a reason why well, five-year plans are like a pretty typical way to think about organizing your life and then also for me like five years is a really like it's the structure of my life. I was like five years for my PhD, five years for my first promotion, five years for my second promotion. So there is a tension between the big picture goal and then the mundane details of how you execute that. And that's kind of like the tension between the universal and the particular. Like there are lots of ways that this like plays out in people's lives. And I feel like one of the ways that we can feel like we're treading water is when the mundane details of our lives are really bogged down in trying to finish the immediate tasks that we have on our plate. And none of the immediate, none of our kind of daily task load is geared towards whatever those long-term plans are. So for example, if like, you know, I'm like realigning my life and I'm thinking about my next five years, if I have some big work goals, like I have a book project, I am at the final stages in that I want to finish, you know, and then I'm like, okay, let's say I want to develop my leadership potential so I can be prepared for, you know, another promotion into kind of a, a career transition into administration or something like that. So those are big picture ideas. 
and they they're not just like something that happens magically it's not like you are like i'm like i'm gonna finish my book the end it's done right (laughs) so one of the principles that we use um in the university is called backwards design so it's taking the big overwhelming goal like finish my book and then saying okay well how do i get there what are the things what are the components that it will take for me to finish this book and so i'm like okay i've got my list you know i need to finish the intro i need to write the book proposal i need to you know circulate it to presses and so really when i am recommending that people because i teach this to my students i teach it to grad students it's like okay what's your big picture goal and what are the steps that need to take you there and then map out those steps and focus on the small pieces of it because the big goal can be so overwhelming Mm -hmm. the other thing is there's so much that we don't have control over in our lives. <laughs> Amen, sister. And but one of the things we do have some control over is how we spend our time in the day. And one of the big principles in like leadership and um, women's success stuff I've been learning is making sure that you spend time in each day devoted to your long-term goals. And so this might be for me, you know, spending an hour a day on my book project. It might be like, let's say I want to build a better social media presence and a following, you know, and so that's like, okay, that means that I need to make three posts a week. And so I'm spending my hour a day, you know, making sure I'm working on that. And then that's like your high value time. And so often our high value time gets cluttered up I would say cluttered as if it's negative but it's like we have so many immediate obligations that press into our day Mm -hmm. like I'm thinking about my day today I'm like okay Mm -hmm. I need to take my daughter to the doctor I have two essays you know two classes worth of essays to grade you know plus like you know teaching my class this afternoon do I actually know what I'm teaching this afternoon all those stuff have like immediate consequences if I don't do them Mm -hmm. but there's not an immediate consequence if I don't spend my hour a day on my long-term goal Mm -hmm. at least it feels like there isn't so it's easy for us to prioritize these short-term problems but then we end up in a place like what you're talking about where you feel like you're treading water and all of your energy is going in all of these different directions but it's not you don't have your like small piece of high value time devoted to you and where you want to go for your life so if there are like two principles for trying to think about how to develop your plans and achieve them it's this backwards design And then it's prioritizing your long-term projects in your high-value time, in your scheduled time, like every week, maybe every day Mm -hmm. even. And that can, because the other thing is, you know, just because we have a goal of like, let's say, building our social media following, Mm -hmm. you also want to be open to change and possibility Mm -hmm. as the time goes along. Well, And I was just going to add into that. I feel like attitude really has a, a... bear on how that would look if you spend time with your long-term goal and you you set aside that time and you when you were talking about it you said if you want to you know grow your social media presence okay I have to do social media but I think if you can try and shift and say I get to do social media Mm. or I get to like spend an hour researching into the intro or Mm -hmm. sitting down and think I think if you have that set of like I not everyone is going to ever publish a book mm-hmm. and that's a huge honor it's a huge weight and responsibility but it's also a huge honor and a huge cool factor that's not really a real <laughs> word but like i mean i i like those things sometimes i like to do things that are just it's it's a cool thing i mean i there are times where in the process of making up a, a creating a podcast 
there are have been seasons of it where I'm just like, well, it's just a cool thing. And mm-hmm. and I think that there's a higher value for it. But for me personally, at sometimes it's just it's a cool thing. But um, I am I, I think overall I try to be that I get to kind of mm-hmm. person. And, and it really does change kind of life and how you operate if you have this goal that you want to do and you have this well I have to sit down and do this and I have to do that or even the 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 mundane things of like okay well I have to take my daughter to the you know doctor I have to do like you know I mean you could hire somebody to take your daughter to the doctor that's not you know there are jobs that people can't don't have that freedom and flexibility Mm -hmm. to take their kids to the doctor during the day and and those are things that that you get to do and mm-hmm. and so i think when we shift in that you know goals sometimes can feel heavy and and weightful mm-hmm. even though they're your goals and you've you've chosen those things they can feel heavy but trying to shift your mindset i mean you know during the whole thanksgiving season everybody talks about being gratitude and thankful and and how there's a lot of health effects to, to kind of living your life that way. And I think that that comes true for goal setting too. You know what this makes me think about is I think often our long-term goal stuff is stuff that we just like. Yeah. Like, and honestly, like I just like my research. That's mm-hmm. why I do it is because I think it's weird and interesting. Like, mm-hmm. are there going to be lots of people who read this book? Probably not, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it can feel like the time that's spent for ourselves just because we like it is the least valuable time Mm -hmm. when in fact it's the most valuable time and we can think so if we are not prioritizing what we like in our days and don't see it as the thing that matters as much as like taking care of our children or taking care of our community that it can be harder to prioritize that time and it makes me think about have you read um Eve Rodosky's books Fair Play Life and then Unicorn Space Mm -mm. so I highly recommend these it's really fascinating she came up with a practical method for helping to balance out the division of labor in the household um, in hetero couples it doesn't have to be hetero couples but that's what her research is geared towards and by the way there's just like so much fascinating research out there about it including um, when women are out earning their male partners um there's this like now this isn't true across all demographics it's basically middle and upper class white women experience this like penalty when both partners are white when the women are out earning their male partners where they end up doing more housework if they're out earn their partners as Mm. opposed to less Mm. so anyways she came up with this system that can help reveal the invisible labor of managing a household whether or not you have kids and then distribute it equitably among partners and the benefit of doing that is you get time for what she calls your unicorn space and this is kind of what we're talking about it's like Mm -hmm. the creative long-term goal projects that you just want to work on because you like and that can inspire your life Mm -hmm. and so if you want like practical guidance for that I definitely recommend her two books on that that's awesome yeah well and it's interesting that you talk about like division um both of us are single moms yes and so and 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 you talked about your five-year plan um you know, and you talked a lot about work and mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot for a second okay. here, but, um, and you are recently a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do when you have a five year plan and then it blows up? Oh girl, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. We're talking about this cause I was telling you before the podcast started, well, we're recording this after Thanksgiving and I, I hosted a, like a small friendsgiving with, I have, and I have two year old twins. Um, and I was like, I'm so t- 
tired. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of why I was like, I think I need to prioritize rest a different way. Yeah. And it's true, you know. Well, and I think, have you had to shift kind of your your goals and your priorities? You know, we just, I said, realign where things are going. Have you had to kind of realign what what's important and what's what you're looking at these days yeah I mean and that's part of what happened for me is I was like what do holidays even look like for me now this is the first holiday I've spent without my kids and I'm like what what do I even do like I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to do this thing what do I oh it's just I didn't I mean like I kind of knew this this is part of what contributed to me becoming a single mom by choice this was my choice um I didn't realize how much I had oriented my life around someone else until now there's no one else to orient my life around Mm -hmm. and I'm like what do I even do I don't know Mm -hmm. so I I think that's an important moment to be in so I'm really in this like reassess realign phase is like what do I want my life to look like outside of work what do I want how do I want to spend my time like what do I want holidays to look like even down to like really basic logistics of what food do I want to eat on Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I don't want to eat turkey I'm not cooking that yeah no thank you yeah so I think that's the thing is that you can kind of look at that five-year plan and, and again it's about mindset and and it's not the five year plan that you you thought you were looking at personally. Yeah. Or but then you kinda get to shift it and it's that mindset of you know, I remember my first holiday season where I was a single mom and I just thought it was the end of the world. Mm. I thought it was just so lonely and it was just and then I thought I get to choose what this mm-hmm. looks like. I get to choose what this looks like for my children. And I get to choose what this looks like for me. And so I go so big into Christmas. And mm-hmm. I, I have not so far had my kids on, on Thanksgiving at all. But then I really, I mean, I start decorating in November. And I want to make it magical and, and fun and, and just a really good season. But I think it's, I also prioritize myself because mm-hmm. I, I, that that's important to me. I like the season. I mm-hmm. like, you know, the music and the lights and the, you know, all the things about Christmas. And so I prioritize myself in that and then I can show up better for other people. And I think that's really when you do kind of think about like goal setting and, and sometimes it can feel selfish. Women are really, really great about beating themselves up about pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely by prioritizing themselves, women are very good about like, feeling so guilty about Mm -hmm. those kind of things but I I always 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 encourage especially moms um that the most important thing that your children need in life and there is research out there that says this is that a happy healthy mother is the single most impactful thing on Mm -hmm. their children's lives this is this just hits me so much because I was thinking about you know so this transition this divorce has just happened over the summer for me and it was just so hard to come to that conclusion and specifically this tension that you're talking about of like who am I taking care of am I taking care of my children by doing this am I taking care of myself and one of the things that really motivated me to realize I needed to make a change is I looked at my next five years and I just felt so bleak I just could not imagine my happiness in those five years and I was like I have to make a change and then I was thinking about what you said about how a happy healthy mom is like the core thing that can help children and the other thing is like I have daughters I have two daughters Mm -hmm. I know you have two daughters as well Mm -hmm. and it was like 
if I don't live my life like my life is precious and I live it like my life only matters in how I'm serving others, then that's what I'm teaching them is that their life doesn't matter, that mm-hmm. their role as women is just to take care of the next generation and heaven help that if they have daughters because their daughters won't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, if I think that their life is valuable and precious just for exactly what it is and who they are in the world, regardless of whether they have children or what they do, then I have to believe those same things about myself and I have to live my life that way as to show them the possibilities for them. And I think that is so hard And it's something I still struggle with like every day. Like, is my, do I just matter for myself? Mm -hmm. And can I make choices oriented around that as opposed to how I serve others? And I I mean, like, I I mean, service is a big important part of my life as we discussed at the beginning of the podcast of this episode. But I think it can be used as a way to take away women's value in particular from themselves and have women's value be oriented only towards what they do for others when, you know, each of us is a wild and precious gift. And we have these amazing talents that we can share with the world by being our truest selves. By just being who you are. Yes. And it's like, if I believe that, then I want to live that way. Mm -hmm. And if I believe that for them, I want to live that way Mm -hmm. too. For me, And yeah, it's, I mean, people say this all the time. I I had a friend that said, um, do you know who's the biggest, uh, like women's or like, um, like hype person I know or or women's Mm -hmm. advocate I know. And I was like, who? And they're like, you. (laughs) And I was like, kind of, I was, you know, kind of had some negative self-talk going on at the Mm -hmm. time. And I was like, yeah, who is it? Like, I want to go talk to this person. Like maybe she'll hype me up. And then they're like, you talk to yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, say to others, I need to apply to myself. Like I'm real great about showing up for the world. And, and I have to stop and remind myself, like I have to show up for for myself the same way it was years Mm -hmm. ago I I I don't know where I heard it saw it and and it it was kind of the fact of like there are things that I would say to myself in my head that I would fight somebody if they ever said that about my best friend Mm -hmm. and I'm like why is it that I would say these things to myself but I would never accept that from anybody else about people I love like Mm -hmm. why do I love other people so much more than I love myself and so you know, it's definitely a struggle. And I think for me, that is, has been something over the past, you know, four or five years that I've really focused on is that self-care and that self-love. When I look at, um, the words that I've picked in the past few years, they're always very much like about the inner self of me. One year I picked Mm -hmm. flourish because I felt like I had done a lot of growth and I had done a lot of work and I just wanted to like bloom Mm -hmm. in where I was. And so I felt like, you know, it was this, okay, let me, let me go out and, and kind of put the skills to work that I've learned over the past few years and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Oh man, there's a great new book called Real Self Care. And the premise of that book, I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head, but is this conversation is like, she's like, basically the only way that you can really care for yourself is about aligning your life with your values and vacations are great. But if you dread coming back and your life is like, you know, Mm -hmm. draining you, then it's not self-care to take a vacation because it's an escape and it doesn't actually change the premise of your life. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have limited control over what we can do, but you know, I just, I love that book so much because she's like self-care is about 
changing the daily patterns of your life to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. not just to you know buy a fancy bubble bath which by the way I love bubble baths I just spent Mm -hmm. like a stupid amount of money on like stress relieving magnesium bubble baths (laughs) that I'm like hoping will help me sleep but you know yeah (laughs) no digging on that well and I think there there are times seasons of my life where I get in those funks of just kind of you know the daily life is not I'm not doing well in the daily life and Mm -hmm. so then I think okay I have to figure out a way to shake this up Mm -hmm. and and you know just going and getting a massage and then going back to everything else is not necessarily going to take care of that Mm -hmm. and so I truly truly try to change the habits that I'm doing in my daily life to um you know whether it's that I need to start journaling I'm not a big journaler I'm not a big reader um but kind of making those changes one of the biggest things for me is that I know with social media when I kind of see myself in in kind of a pattern of more negative space I stop following any you know um tabloid gossip column things because you know I'm I'm a basic white b um that you know like I you know follow gossip columns and tiktoks about you know celebrity gossip and all that kind of stuff and then I'm like this is not conducive to a positive headspace and so I you know have to realign things and and unfollow things and and kind of really make great changes in in Mm -hmm. life and my daily habits and I mean those are daily habit changes too but I could also look at saying my decision to get divorced was a big self-care decision Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of like what are the things about our lives and like the structures of our lives you know like things like journaling great I journal it helps me process but journaling did not rescue me from a bad marriage. I had to make more choices yeah. than that to realign based on the thing, how I wanted my life to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we're kind of towards, we're nearly the end of the year right now, um, as people are listening to this, what advice do you have for people who are looking to goal set or make their New Year's resolutions or pick a word? Do you have any any thoughts on kind of what you know, you, I'm sure you typically see people doing at this season of life, like kind of, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to do, you know, what advice do you have for goal setting? Um, do they, are there goals that are too big? Are there goals that are too small? Are there? No, I mean, I think, I think, okay, this is maybe a little weird, but the first thing I would recommend is that you take some time to think And that means, so for me, thinking happens best with movement because my mind is like, it goes all the time. Mm -hmm. So like take a walk or do some yoga or like go up to B-Rock and look at the view and sit there for a while. And instead of thinking about like, like specifics, you might think about how do you want to feel? Like, do you want to feel supported? Do you want to feel appreciated at work or, or whatever? What is the thing that you feel like you want? And spend that time on reflection and then go from there when you're thinking about setting your goals. And I just want to make a little aside about if you are feeling like you need to lose 10 pounds to, you know, get the things that you want. Think about what you want those 10 pounds to achieve for yourself. And then think about, well, do you have to wait till you lose 10 pounds to get that? 
like do you, this is a diet culture aside but diet culture is screwed and you don't need to lose 10 pounds to live For your sure. best life so, For sure. but yeah I mean I I have a and I mean this is totally an aside but I have a dress that I bought uh years ago and it's it's a little shorter and it's definitely tighter and um I wore I actually I think we went to a champagne gala at the the library and Ooh, I wore yes. this dress yes um and at that time a man in my life was like you're gonna wear that dress like it's real tight and I was like yeah I'm gonna do this I had like been working mm-hmm. out a lot and and I was but I was like oh, clearly now I'm a little self-conscious mm-hmm. and then um I had gained 10 15 pounds and I wore it again for a Valentine's date with a different man in my life at that time and um he was like hot diggity dog <laughs> like, and I was like yeah. you know it just kind of uh, you, you know I think it's you can't put so much emphasis on the way other people think about you in certain clothes and you kind of have that it definitely comes from within well I mean Um. diet culture is a huge structure that puts pressure on us to be in you know that really is about like structures of control at the end of the day yeah Um, you know and it's one theory about this is like women spend so much time obsessing about controlling their bodies like what if you spent some of that time and invested it in something else and you said f these people who are telling me I need to be a different way I'm not going to waste my resources on this and I'm going to spend that energy doing something else yeah I I guess really at the end of the end of the question I'm asking is why are you waiting right so if you want something from your life or you think you need to do x or y like why do you really or can you just have that thing that you want right Mm -hmm. now yeah and you know and go for it yeah well and I think that that happens whether it's losing weight or trying to get you know starting a side business or or whatever it is it's like okay we're always waiting for like when this happens I can Mm -hmm. do that or or Mm -hmm. whatnot um and so I think that that's kind of good to like keep in mind of like well can I do that right now and and if I can let's look at at what that means and why do I really want to do that and all that good stuff so and and what's holding you back and are these like real things or are these internalized fears or or what can I let them go yeah because honestly I know this is depressing but it's like we don't know how much time we have. Mm-hmm. We no. don't. Like I just heard a story on the radio this morning about a family patriarch who literally dropped dead carving the turkey Yeah. this week. And it's like, so do I really want to wait till an imagined future that may never come to live the life that I was destined to have? Like this precious life that I have? Yeah. Well, and I think that that's what we, a lot of times when people look at resolutions, New Year's resolutions, it is that almost societal pressure um a couple episodes ago i did a, a, an episode with cg england and we talked mm-hmm. about the societal pressure of like just she was talking about the fact that she didn't want to have children and mm-hmm. so um what is 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 that societal pressure when we're when we're looking at goal setting and we're looking at the end of the year and we're f- reflecting on what 2023 meant and what 2024 is going to look like are we aligning that with truly what brings us joy and what Mm -hmm. brings us happiness or are we aligning that with societal pressure I think um I recently had asked for a raise and I think I had talked to some people about asking for this raise and I think I was getting more and more fired up about getting a raise because I was talking to other people like I don't know that I even personally cared as much as the other people like yeah you deserve that and you deserve this and you you know and it's like wait a second is and now is this become an avalanche and 
and it's just that I'm chasing the ball because I'm chasing the ball. You know what I mean? Mm. I think sometimes we just, um, we don't actually take the time to think, okay, what actually matters to me? What's important to me? I'm looking at, you know, what do I want 2024 to look at for me, Mm -hmm. not for society, not for social media, not for, you know, my children. How do I want to influence it with my children, of course, Mm -hmm. but not, um, kind of what's going to bring me joy. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's hard. I mean, so I teach American literature, right? And so like a classic tension that almost everything examines is the tension between the individual and the community, right? And wanting to be ourselves, but also needing community acceptance, support, approbation, you know, and there's always that tension there. Um, And hope, you know, in an ideal world, you can be yourself and have the love and support of the community. But that means that you have to, not everybody's going to be on that community side for you when you are living your best life and your best self and I think we live in a smaller community where there are ways to connect and there are ways to feel seen and valued and at least I feel like in this community you teach at a smaller university Mm -hmm. and so there are ways for you to make a name for yourself where if you were at you know a 50,000 student university, Mm -hmm. it would be a lot harder for you to feel that sense of community because it's like a big, you know, you're a small fish in a big pond. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of lucky in that fact of like the community we live in, we are able to kind of, I think there's a lot of places to fit in and a lot of places for you to plug yourself in if that serves you. Mm -hmm. So any other um, goal setting tips that we, you want to put out there for people? Well, if we go back to the money thing, yes, you do deserve more money, (laughs) right? And I know that can be a hard, you know, thing, and it definitely can be hard for women to ask. Um, There's actually new research that shows that women do, in fact, ask for raises as often as men, but then don't get them as much. So women experience an ambition penalty is what it's being called now. So, of course, like the fear around it, all of that is so legitimate and real. Um, But also women are underpaid across the board that's indexed by race you know so yeah you know your situation best right yeah. you know whether you're going to experience penalties for asking yeah but consider asking yeah. yeah well and I think part of it is just you know understanding the whole big picture of things I mean mm-hmm. I my job is there's a lot of great value in things and mm-hmm. so it's like it's not at the end of the day it's not all about the money mm-hmm. at the end of the day the fact that I get to be at home when my children get home every single day is a huge value mm-hmm. so um you know I think that's the biggest thing is looking at the big picture but mm-hmm. um I appreciate you being here today oh, it's been my pleasure. how what can is- people follow along with the women's center if they want to know things that are going on with great Tennessee yes. Tech Women's Center so our website is tntech.edu backslash women that's our homepage. Um, you can find all of our stuff there and also follow us on uh, Facebook or Instagram it's just at tntech women's center we're not on the new fangled TikTok, the TikTok, <laughs> the TikTok. <laughs> but yeah, follow us on those. Platforms. If people want to find you directly, where where's the best? How's the best way to connect with you? Um, email. My email is just hhunt at tntech.edu, and then all my info is also on the Women's Center's page. You can find us under the About page, and I'm on there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, and we'll have you back um, during Women's History Month, Yay. and so we'll talk more about women's issues at that time. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you, everyone listening, had a great 2023 year. We've yes. done so much with the podcast, and the support and love that we've had has been just amazing, and 
I'm just really appreciative and thankful for all that we've been able to accomplish and look forward to what we can do in 2024. I'm going to, you know, go home and set some goals for Power by Her. (laughs) Sounds great. I'll work backwards. What's it called? Yeah, backwards design. Backwards Mm -hmm. design. So I'll set my big goals and and figure out the little steps in between. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Helen. If you want to know more about Powered by Hurt, head over to PoweredByHurt.com. Join the community, support the cause, and we'll see you next week.